Hello, everyone, and welcome back to KPMG in Canada's State of Crypto Assets podcast series. We are back with a very special episode focusing on the metaverse and GameFi, two recent trends taking the crypto community by storm. For today's episode, I am very excited to welcome back Kareem Sadek, Ken Vegas, as well as Khan Farahani. So first and foremost, welcome, gents. It is an absolute pleasure to be back in the studio with you. Maybe to get us going, Kareem, you always you always hit it off. You always bat first. The metaverse <laughs> is what I'm coming to you about, okay? It seems to be almost everywhere these days. Can you talk to us a little bit about what it is? Hey, Adam, and uh, pleasure to be back on the podcast. Uh, yeah, metaverse, great subject. Everybody's talking about it, and you're going to hear a lot of definitions in terms of what it is and what is not. So I'll, I'll try to simplify it. So essentially, the metaverse is, think of it as a digital environment. It combines virtual reality, so VR, blockchain, and online gaming technologies, and just allowing users to interact virtually across many platforms. So if you think of it, it's essentially, it's, it's about a social connection and building a digital identity in a network of virtual worlds. And again, you, you might hear a lot of organizations that are trying to delve into it, and they, they go towards the, the VR side of things. And that's sort of the Web 2.0 aspect of the metaverse. When we talk about the metaverse in Web 3.0, that's where we're creating the ecosystem, the digital identity through digital wallets and actually transacting through crypto assets. And quite frankly, it's just become this comes as a backdrop of a trend in individuals spending more and more time online interacting with technologies and other applications. It's obviously has become very normalized over the past little while, as we all know, because of COVID and work from home. So we're going to see a lot more of that happening. I mean, I, I guess with that being said, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll go to Ken and Khan. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about sort of the possibilities in the metaverse that we see today. Yeah, I could take that one first. Um, I think it's important to start with the two distinct land models uh, when you're actually owning virtual land. So the first is a top-down approach where land is scarce. Landowners can create content which is then intended to be consumed by everyone else. Now, this the mechanics here, they really mirror real life where land plots are auctioned off or sold at predetermined prices. Now, many people support this model and argue that virtual land should be a scarce resource. Um, in my opinion, though, I think there's an interesting second model. Now, the second is a Web3 native bottom-up approach model where users receive free land to build experiences on. Now, they can later modify by staking an in-game token or acquiring NFTs to improve that land. But supporters of this model argue that virtual land plots are intended to serve as a social media profile and that all users should be entitled to own one. In this case, I think there's a lot more opportunity for users within the metaverse to actually expand their creativity and build out uh, communities of people that actually they can actually resonate with. Now, like despite on-chain data availability, the valuation of real estate is not necessarily easier than physical real estate. And I think over time, what we're gonna see is something similar to that Web3 native model where people are incentivized or the value of the land is determined by the number of users actually interacting with that plot of land or within that metaverse. As of now, there's many possibility, possibilities associated with owning virtual land. For example, if you were to own virtual land, you can host content or um, you can create experiences on your land, such as like uh, concerts, or you can have a virtual office or an art gallery. You can also rent your properties to other enterprises like gaming studios or e-commerce businesses. Now, one of the interesting points here 
is that you can actually advertise on your land, which is an intriguing model for me because I believe virtual lands have the ability to gain mass exposure uh, for different uh, consumer products, goods, or services. So there's a lot of different opportunities within the metaverse. I think we're just seeing a few of them come to life today. And it'll, it's going to be exciting to see how people can really become creative and build out new models. Thanks, Ken. It's nice, it's nice to talk about sort of the different uh, opportunities within the metaverse. So, so Khan, maybe based on what we have all seen so far, and again, I, I mentioned about some people are, they talk about the metaverse, they say, well, there's, there's no need for crypto assets or, or blockchain or anything like that in the metaverse. Can you explain maybe a little bit what the role or what role do crypto assets play in the metaverse? Thanks, Kareem. That's a great question. So one basic component of an operational metaverse is the non-fungible token and its underlying blockchain. And the reason is because NFTs form a bridge between in-game tokenomics and real-world economics. By representing unique digital items and asserting proof of ownership over them, NFTs actually allow in-game assets to be controlled by the user instead of the game developer. So now combine this with the play to earn model mentioned in our last episode on NFTs, and you have a win-win scenario where users are able to earn real world value in exchange for their time and to experience interoperability of their assets across many different virtual worlds. On the other hand though, game developers are also able to now see the in-game assets and charge fees for secondary market transactions. So it's really empowering both sides. That's really interesting, Khan. I want to stay with you with this line of questioning because basically speaking of gaming, why does it seem to be a centerpiece of the entire metaverse? Yeah, so this is very interesting. We observe that the gaming industry is a first mover into the metaverse, and that's likely for two main reasons. The first is that game engines provide a solution to the degree of simulation required for a metaverse. And in fact, they are the most complex consumer-grade simulations that are currently available. Second is that virtual economies have been a long-standing feature in many games, which is to say that the industry has a rich history of experience in incentivizing user behavior. So in combination, gaming companies are uniquely positioned for the metaverse because they have the tools necessary for simulation and rendering, and they have the skill set necessary for implementing in-game tokenomics. So let's bring everything together with an example from our last episode, by demonstrating Axie Infinity's tokenomics. The objective for players is to collect, breed, raise, battle, and trade Axies. Each Axie is a non-fungible token, so they are unique and indivisible. If one player's Axie has a higher subjective value in the eyes of another player, this can actually be realized by the owner since they own the asset and they can freely trade it. But there are many other ways to earn while you play Axie as well. So for example, you can earn assets in the form of NFTs and gain rewards in the form of native tokens, which are then convertible into fiat currency through a crypto exchange. You can also breed and sell unique axes for profit, or you could even collect and speculate on rare ones. For example, genetics plays a key role in determining appearance and body size. Moreover, the game avoids hyperinflation by setting a maximum limit on how many times an axie may breed before it becomes sterile. And the cost of breeding depends on how many times an Axie has bred before. Players also have complete control over the game's development and evolution by way of casting votes with a governance token. So all in all, these innovative concepts and this complex incentive scheme has made Axie a very popular game worldwide. For instance, in developing countries like the Philippines, Argentina, Venezuela, or Colombia, some players even consider it to be a primary source of income. Now, 
this has led to an ongoing issue in the blockchain gaming ecosystem. And that is, as the popularity of a game increases, in-game assets necessary for playing it become more expensive. For example, the new Axie Infinity players have to purchase at least three creatures before starting to play. And although nowadays the cheapest ones are available for around $30 US, this used to be much higher. Creatures could easily reach upwards of $500, which imposes a barrier to entry for many players. And this problem has led to a solution, that being the emergence of gaming guilds. Guilds provide a range of supporting activities to players, from onboarding them into the game all the way to lending necessary in-game assets, and in return, they charge a share of players' in-game earnings for compensation. So in such cases, a gaming guild can buy and breed an Axie, rent it to a player, and charge them 20 to 30% of their in-game earnings in return. There are a few prominent guilds in the ecosystem, and we see that majority of them are structured as DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations. That's fascinating. Thank you, Khan. Ken, one last question for you. In addition to gaming being an important aspect of the metaverse, are there any other up and coming trends related to the metaverse that will impact the crypto space? Adam, that's a great question. I definitely think there's more possibilities beyond gaming uh, coming to the metaverse. I think we've heard all heard the idea float around about having virtual meetings in the metaverse. And I think that's really going to be adopted going into 2022 and a few years beyond that. Now, I always think about how do we represent ourselves in the metaverse, right? Do we want to have an animated version of ourselves or do we want to have something that's more photorealistic? For me personally, if I was to enter the metaverse, I would want something a little more photorealistic. That way, when I'm sitting in front of somebody, I'm not, you know, possibly a monkey or a some sort of animal. I'm actually representing myself and that's how I want to be seen professionally. Now, I think the metaverse is a great way of interacting virtually and enhancing the experience beyond a Zoom call. So I think we'll see organizations adopting the metaverse as a means of actually facilitating virtual meetings. Now, when it comes to that, there's a you know there's a few implications involved and there's a few considerations to take. Um, one of that being, which metaverse do you use? Is it a open, metaverse is it a permissioned metaverse or and which blockchain is that facilitated on how do we make this happen these are the questions i think we're all going to solve as a community going into 2022 and as the metaverse decides to evolve i'll be there right alongside it and looking forward to all of the possible opportunities and, and maybe just one one last thing that i would add so i think over time i think the success of the metaverse and and how we interact within the metaverse it's just going to be like we're going to have to see a lot of focus around the interoperability between the different virtual worlds. I think this is going to be a very big thing that's that's going to have to be solved uh, for over time uh, because that's going to make it successful where you take your own avatar and you can go from one virtual world to another uh, in terms of interoperability. So we're going to see hopefully we're going to see a lot more of that going forward. The possibilities certainly do seem endless, and quite frankly, they are so cool. Kareem, Ken, and Khan, this has been a downright enlightening and impressive session for me to hear about all of the various impacts of the metaverse and GameFi. Unfortunately, though, that does bring us to a close for today. But before we go, I want to extend my most sincere thank you to each and every one of you for taking time out of your busy, busy schedules to join us today. I know our listeners are going to absolutely love this episode. And to our awesome subscribers and listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to join us next time on KPMG in Canada series on the state of crypto assets. Bye for now.